0: to who's there i'm your host allison if you're new here thank you for joining us this is a podcast where i talk to a new horror fan every week because i hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason, and here we delve into those reasons. I'm so excited because I have an extra juicy episode for you guys this week with filmmaker and actor Jen Ponton. We connected on Twitter, and I was so excited to talk to her about the horror movie that she filmed specifically to be put as multiple chapters on TikTok called The Caretaker. The story is so interesting, and you will have to check it out on TikTok, and it's also super inspiring if you're a newer filmmaker. We talked about how she became a horror fan due to bad bad parenting, as so many of us did, why she binge horror movies every day during the pandemic, and what her favorite subgenres of horror are. One last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review it on the Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you to everyone who's already left us a review. It's so appreciated, as it really helps people to find us. I think I've rambled enough, so let's get into this episode with Jen Ponton. Hey, Jen, how are you?
1: I am so good. How are you, Allison?
0: I am good. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, Thank you for being here. Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself?
1: What's up, horror fans? I'm Jen Ponton. I'm mostly uh, among you. <laughs> I am a lifelong horror junkie, um, but you might know me in pop culture usually as a comedic actor um, and and horror lover and new horror filmmaker. So that's uh, that's sort of the gist of me.
0: Awesome. Um, so first things first, what's your favorite scary movie?
1: The miniseries of It. How come? <laughs> it speaks to every single like touchstone and need and fear that i have ever had period and like my laundry list of beloved scary movies is is vast and broad and deep but like at the end of the day i could watch every single one of those actors just serve that story perfectly every time obviously tim curry is the crumb de la crème yeah. but like all the adults and many of the kids really just do an amazing job and i do very much like um andy muschietti's remake the uh, of of recent years like i think those are stellar and even hard to say even better cast but extremely well cast yeah. but that miniseries it just it scratches every itch I have and it it made up my nightmares for the entirety of my life so I have to give it you know yeah <laughs> it's accolades
0: awesome. I've actually never watched it so
1: oh. that's
0: a blind spot for me I don't know where you can stream it can you stream it anywhere
1: often they will have it uh they'll have it streaming sometimes it's like on youtube for free okay um yeah i would hunt it down it's it is legendary and i and i'll also say like there are people who give it flack and it's usually but you know 90% of it is absolutely incredible and then like the last 10% they just like they lost time they lost money and they hurried up the ending Mm -hmm. and it sort of got a little phoned in but like it's an incredible project
0: that's awesome I will have to track it down finally but I do love Andy Muschietti's part one and part two So so good yeah
1: what's your favorite scary movie
0: um my favorite is The Ring from 2002, the American remake. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. It's a very intense PG-13 movie. So.
1: So intense. Really every time I think I should rewatch it, I'm incorrect. Like cuz uh, it sticks cuz it just sticks with you.
0: Yeah. Um especially if it's like a rainy day. So.
1: Oh my god, yes.
0: <laughs> I might actually go watch The Ring 2. After this, because I saw it in theaters, I have the ticket stub. I don't remember anything about it. I'm like, I I saw this in theaters. I don't. It's
1: creepy. It's creepy. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. The first time I saw The Ring, uh, I had a really crappy laptop, and it was like 2002 (laughs) internet for whatever that's worth, and I was watching it like BitTorrent, right? (sighs) And so it lost a lot of the horror in translation because it was such a bad copy. And so I was mostly like left scratching my head and like, I don't really understand what's so scary about this. And then I watched it like either in the theaters or on DVD. And I was like, oh shit, (laughs) I should not watch this frequently.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There are a couple of like lines of dialogue that just, they come off so cheesy when you watch it in a theater (laughs) nowadays but like it's still it's like still really intense and when she comes out of the tv everyone loses their mind
1: it's still so good yeah 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 yeah
0: (laughs) so how did you first fall in love with the horror genre
1: um through bad parenting (laughs) I was five and my dad had a child's play on. My dad loved horror, usually schlocky horror, but like they, they had some good, they had some good ones. Like Poltergeist is another beloved favorite of mine. And, um, and I, yeah, I was like five years old and he had a VHS rental of child's play and he was watching it alone. And I went into the living room and I was like, what are you watching dad? And he's like, oh, it's a movie about a doll come sit down and watch it and that I i mean the effect that that had on me I spent every night after I was tucked into bed like staring up at my row of stuffed animals and just waiting for something terrible to happen and that didn't stop until I like went to college
0: <laughs> oh that's funny oh, that's great Dude, I've never seen any of the Chucky movies. Have you watched all of them in, since, since
1: then? No, I I don't think. I might have seen like the first one with Jennifer Tilly in it. Okay. And then I was like, ah, this is sort of like trying to skew funnier and sexier than it is scary. And like, I really liked it when it was scary. So I saw maybe one, two, and three for okay. sure. And then as soon as it became like Bride of Chucky and then beyond, even though I've heard really good things about like the recent um, series that came out and like the last couple of, you know, like Spawn or Seed or whatever of Chucky. Yeah. I never, I haven't, I haven't gotten into them yet, at least, but I did watch the first few Child's Play movies. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's another blind spot for me. I did see the 2019 remake, which was not very good.
1: Oh, I watched that too. I did not like that either. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: Megan was a much better version of like the computer doll.
1: So, <laughs> I haven't watched Megan yet. I'm so excited.
0: Um, it's really it's a lot of fun. It's not really so scary, but it's just like you'll be laughing the whole time.
1: Amazing! I cannot <laughs> wait to watch that one.
0: So why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre?
1: Because I think horror is how we express and like I think horror fans are also not just sane but like some of the most empathetic and compassionate people on earth and usually have like a deep understanding of the human condition and I think I think it's because horror is a great way for us to examine social fears and social eras and like you know if you were to go through like a sociological lens like the sort of um the sort of problems that we face with monsters in the cinema is exactly what we're dealing with with like right-wing white supremacists or nazis or genocide or you know the total eradication of the middle class and the siloing of wealth like it's all related and so since that is the mindset that we put ourselves into a lot so that we're thinking about it um i i think maybe that creates a more compassionate and caring response rather than like only watching comedies or only watching like fantastic uh erasers of reality. I don't think we're really re- erasing reality in horror. I think we're rebottling it.
0: Yeah, that you know? that's really interesting. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. Um yeah, so on a similar note, what scares you in horror movies and in real life today?
1: Oh my god. Um uh Ari Aster scares the shit out of me. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen with the new one. The Joaquin I was afraid. Phoenix. Yeah, I have no idea what's going <laughs> yeah. to happen with that one. I watched *Hereditary*, and I was left so unsettled. Yeah, and like I felt it too a bit with *Midsummer*, although more so in the beginning when like you see the scene where like she has yeah. set her family like. It does. Uh, yeah, it's very unsettling. And there's something about the cinematography. There's something about the way that like shots are are created and crafted. Like it, uh, it really gets, it really creates a ton of like dread and deep fear in me. <laughs> so that's someone who's really killing it. I also like, I love a deep and crawling and abiding dread. Oh, I absolutely yeah. love it i respect it so much more than a jump scare you know
0: yeah um what is a movie that i watched recently that just had Well, i had um Paige wesley who's one of the hosts of the horror virgin on last year and we talked about movies that create dread and she's a big fan of those too um i can't remember what are some other dread filled movies but like yeah, they're definitely out there. Ari Aster does it really well. I'm hoping that Bo is Afraid is going to be a lot scarier than than the trailer leads on. Right. Um, and like half an hour before we got on to chat, my friend sent me a screenshot in New York City on Monday night Uh, in my neighborhood. They're doing like a, a screening of it with a Q&A with him after. It's sold out already, but I'm still going to go and try to get in and try to just maneuver my way in there. So
1: yes oh my God I would be curious I, I don't think I've ever watched the trailers for midsummer or or hereditary. I'm wondering if he like undersold those two so when you go in you're like what the fuck yeah. because he just has a really fabulous sensibility um I oh uh uh found footage also really gets me always yeah. every time I love it Every time it's like, it's, it's, it's easy to do, but also, I mean, thank God it's easy to do because <laughs> we can't raise the budgets that are required for, for it to be harder, but it's so effective. Yes. Like, like in wreck, mm-hmm. um, uh, wreck absolutely ruins me. And, uh, uh, I mean, there's pr- pretty much anything out there that's found footage is just terrifying
0: yeah one of my top three favorite is cloverfield so,
1: yes yeah I love cloverfield so good so good did you end up watching the uh the cloverfield the experiment whatever the Netflix yes
0: I did it was like a little weird it was more like sci-fi than horror and I
1: didn't watch it
0: yeah I yeah I think you're fine you don't need. <laughs>
1: I love the original so much. It's yeah. so good.
0: Yeah, it's really seeing it on a big screen though. I saw it again in the theater last year and it's like it's intense to watch it. It's like very very shaky cam. So, and mm-hmm. I cuz I usually only watch it on like my TV back there and I'm like it's not that bad, but then like when it's like a oh, yeah screen, yeah. It's intense. <laughs> um so so what would you say are your favorite subgenres in horror?
1: Favorite subgenre? i love a cult film Mm. i love a cult film especially when cult goes wrong Mm. yeah 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 like Like, what are uh, some of
0: your favorites
1: martha marcy may marlene is so fucked up
0: i didn't even know that was a horror (laughs) film i thought that was like just a drama
1: i would call it a thriller okay If I had to get really specific, I would call it a thriller. And it's so fucking good. Like, you do think it's just going to be a drama. And then it turns out, like, the the manipulation and the trauma are, like, way more expansive than you thought was happening. And there's another one. Oh, like, uh, Ty West did, um, not Sanctuary he did sacrament
0: um, yes yes i did i like that one that. ty west is not a director that i really like a lot of his stuff i think he's very good at what he does but like i really i did like the sacrament
1: i really liked sacrament i thought that was very well done and then there was another one called uh something eden eden, uh, I'm, uh, not gonna, eden I'm not gonna Eden am not gonna get maybe it ha- i think it has jessica alba in it and it's about this documentary crew who goes to the site of a long since dead death cult mm-hmm. and they are picking up pieces of like uh of um you know footage tapes uh journals scribblings and they're putting it all together and then it has like a supernatural bent mm. So I love a cult film, um, Rosemary's Baby. Love a cult. Yep. Oh, The Veil. I was entirely off. <laughs> the The Veil is from 2016. Oh, okay. Um, I really liked it. It I've has never really port, heard of it, right? It was like yeah. on Netflix, and you know, I, oh. panned. Doesn't have a lot of stars, but I was like, "What the fuck?" And I just, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was unique and interesting and taut and scary yeah so i i do love a cult movie um i love a cult movie and i really i really enjoy like a well-done possession like they scare the shit out of me Mm -hmm. but like the last exorcism
0: yeah it's a good one was so
1: good or I I've only seen Emily Rose once, but I remember thinking that that was absolutely terrifying. Yeah. You know, the conjuring films like fuck off with those. I, I mean, I <laughs> I can't even handle them. Um, Yeah, I I possession films are always super scary paranormal activity yeah. is another one like the, with the ring like I just don't think I can watch it again. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love watching them, and I—it's like it's like, it's like supernatural. Like where's Waldo? Because you're looking for things like in the background. Yes. When? So. Yep.
1: Yep. Easter eggs everywhere. Yes. (laughs) I love
0: it. I love it. Um, Do you have any favorite horror directors?
1: Um, I haven't seen everything of Ty West's, but I love House of the Devil, another cult movie. Yes. I love House of the Devil. I think it's so well done and, like, just hits its stride in every way. Um, It's impossible to not like Ari Aster. Um, I haven't watched Skin and yet. And to be entirely honest, I don't know if I can bring myself to. How come? Because all of the feedback of it, besides people who like don't care about horror and they're like, I don't even get it. It's just a wall. Like everyone who gives a shit about horror is like, I'm never not going to think about this movie for the rest of my life. (laughs) And I've done that so many times, but given what it's said to do so effortlessly, which is like put you in a primal place of like child middle of the night fear, like been there, done that my entire life. I don't know if I can willingly go through it, especially when I'm an adult and I can't like crawl into my parents' room anymore. Mm-hmm. Like now I just got to sit there and know that it is that terrifying. So I'm not sure I can ever watch Skinnamarink, but I feel confident that I would love loathe it <laughs> in terms of just like yeah, fearing it with everything inside of me. I presume you watched it. I know you did. I interview. did.
0: I, they showed it for a weekend in uh, in the city at 42nd Street. So I went to go see it then. It was a very <laughs> um interesting experience to see it in theaters. Um it was a packed theater and like anytime there was like a jump scare or like a loud sound like everyone jumped. Um but it was also so quiet the entire time because we were all just sitting there we were, like what's going to happen? What's going to happen? So, I'm not I found it more unsettling than scary. Like that mm-hmm. that is just I think it's just constant dread. Like we were talking about not as yep. intense as the hereditary, but it's it's just like it, like you're just waiting for something
1: to happen. Sure. So, yeah. Terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> I really don't know. I, I yeah, I'm not sure I can bring myself to do it, but I think th- I think that that would easily make it right up there with like one of the scariest, one of the most upsetting things I had ever seen.
0: <laughs> well, save it for October and then watch it. Yes,
1: <laughs> and um, the the oh gosh, his name is escaping me right now, but like the guy who did um uh, brand new cherry flavor and Channel One, uh, or Channel Zero rather, and um. Nick and Tosca.
0: Oh, I've, I have not heard of him. I did not watch uh, Brand New Cherry Flavor.
1: Brand New it's, Cherry Flavor is great.
0: Is it vampires? No. No? It's okay.
1: more... It's witchcraft. Oh, okay. It's witchcraft. Nick and Tosca. And he also did um, the... Jessica Beale's show about Andy what's her face, right? The 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 woman in Texas who mm-hmm. like murders. Yeah, he did. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, he did that. He's excellent. And I okay. first got to know his work when Shudder was doing Channel Zero, which is this fabulous horror anthology series um about. Uh, Well, each season is its own arc, and they're all really brilliantly done. Each one is, like, loosely based on a creepypasta. Oh, okay. And so, like, season one is about this, like, public access kids show that some people remember, but, like, has been lost to the winds of time. And, like, people remember really scary things happening on it, and were they real, were they not? Um, season two is absolutely beautiful and it's about this like haunted house experience where you um, sort of go into a different dimension of your life and that one I've watched over and over and it's so brilliant and it's so beautiful and it is it's really a study on grief and it's done so I mean just like gut-punchingly well Um, and season three is based on like a staircase to nowhere in the middle of a park
0: oh i've heard i've heard another podcast talk about the mythos behind those when people yeah. see them oh that's really interesting so this is they're Into the so Dark. good
1: this is uh this is channel zero
0: Oh, channel zero okay
1: it's what? so good mm. it's so good uh, there were four seasons and um Season two is my absolute favorite, but, like, they're all really effective. And he – I believe he directs all of them and then went on to do Candy on Hulu and to do Brand New Cherry Flavor, which is really, like – um, it's a very visceral, visual show. And, like, Catherine Keener plays the bad guy. Oh, wow. And she's so good. Yeah. It's really lush. It's very visually – um disgusting and amazing like it's it gets really gory and gross but it's really incredible
0: awesome i'll have to check it out uh he also wrote the movies the forest and
1: antlers both of which i like oh i did not watch either of them yet
0: yeah um the forest is about there's a forest that people go into in i believe japan to commit suicide and this girl's (laughs) sister supposedly went into the forest never came out and she's like my sister would never commit suicide so she goes in and then spooky stuff happens
1: right it's supposed to be incredibly haunted right yeah 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 so
0: Hmm. someone new to watch out for awesome
1: yes Uh,
0: so your new film you said you were a filmmaker your film caretaker premiered on march 1st can you tell me a little bit about it
1: so caretaker is specifically a social media experience horror film um i wanted to make something for specifically for tiktok that rolled out in a narrative format because it's so like even for really talented creators on tiktok it's uh, it's hard to watch just like one segment of a something and i know they've like blown out the walls on length of time but let's say just for the sake of argument that it's like maybe 3 minutes and it just stands alone and that's it and then it's just like a dandelion puff in in the great world of tiktok so um my creative partner Jody and i we wanted to create an, a short film basically that was Interactive and um, caretaker takes place on two different TikTok accounts. Um, caretaker film, which is like the you know, the fourth wall that's Jody's camera as the cinematographer, and that's the narrative storytelling. But because the film is about an influencer, you also have the handle Kate May Caretaker. Which is my character Roz, that's her personal TikTok. And that's where she does all of her influencing. And so like you can watch the movie unfold mm. along with these like innocuous like dance posts, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my God, that's so interesting. Um, how did you come up with the idea for that?
1: Um, we really wanted to utilize social media, especially because, you know, like as filmmakers who've been in it for the long haul. You know, um, I think it was very popular for a really long time until basically social media video became king. It was super popular to tell creators like, okay, well, if you want to make something, you have to crowdfund and shake down all your friends and family and send out this many emails and like so on and so forth. And then you would do that and you would crew up and you'd make your film And maybe you'd sell it or maybe you'd get it distribution, but like, it's a whole endeavor. And that was the only way that you could be taken seriously as a filmmaker for like a long time for, you know, phase one of the internet, let's say. And now that we're in phase two of the internet, now we have like, everybody has a camera and all of these people, all these billions of people who are on the internet like just have access to an audience and the audience takes them seriously, even though it's just their shaky phone and like overhead fluorescent lighting and not professional sound. And because of that, and because like these people are like getting agents and deals and like, so the paradigm has shifted, but nobody is really doing long form narrative content In that way yet, and so like, really talented people, at least in this little like microcosm of one or two TikToks, are getting the responsibility of being creators by like studios and production companies. But then, can it act like? Does it translate for them? And so I think the opposite of bringing filmmakers to this platform with no budget literally everything you need in your hand i think that that is a much better way to get the art out there and like have it be for the people and like live to see the day where people set eyes on it and not just wait for film festival circuits to be over and like maybe someday someone will open your email like i can make a movie and i can just put it on tiktok and people can just find it and like whatever happens after that is okay like whatever it is or whatever it's not but at least i know i can make it and get it out there and i think that that's so empowering after we've been told for so long that there's this like laundry list of things that we need to accomplish and like watch out make sure you have a real sound guide because nobody's going to give you the time of day if your sound is off or you know like I think that this is very freeing and so it allowed us to just like show up at a little ca- at a location and like write a script and play and be really creative and like work with what we had, you know?
0: Oh, that's really beautiful. Um that's so cool. How has the response been to it?
1: Uh It's online? been really fun. It's been really fun. Um I can s- it's fun to watch people especially interacting with Roz's account because at least you can you can tell on caretaker film you can tell that you're watching a movie and so people are getting invested and in it. it's very much like a like a loud movie theater that's you know that's doing a lot of like callbacks but then on Roz's account like People are getting invested with her as a person. And then as things start to go a little bit sideways and the dread begins to build, like, you can see people's confusion and like, hey, what's going on with you? And it's everything that I hoped would happen, essentially.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. What was the filming process like?
1: Uh, it was really great. We knew we wanted to film locally in Jersey. Um, because jersey is a really interesting place like we're both we're both lifelong natives and um and it is a weird weird state with a really specific culture um so we knew we wanted to like fold that in because anytime i see jersey depicted on screen like it just adds a little it's like throwing in some new spices to the film (laughs) and uh and I was pretty sure I wanted to do something down the shore even. So I was down in Cape May with my mom and we were chewing on this idea of like, well, where are we going to go in South Jersey? Do we want to do like the Pine Barrens? Do we want to do the shore? And as my mom and I were driving along the, the main drag in Cape May, which lines the beach and like you've got the ocean on one side and then like all these really beautiful Victorian B&Bs on the other. I saw this like creepy behemoth of a house that was boarded up and not as though it had been abandoned, but like it's the off season. So they have these really big, like old timey placards. Right. And I was like, who does that? In 2023, <laughs> like, what year are they living in? That's so strange. It's so anachronistic. It's so creepy. And none of the other buildings, like they were all on, you know, Nest and stuff, like they were fine. Yeah. This building, I was like, wow, that these people are taking this really seriously. It's like a totally different era. And it was such an imposing and um dread-inducing building. I called Jody and I was like, dude. I found it like we have to figure out how to use this house and um, and it ends up being our exterior I wanted okay. to shoot it all in there but um, but because they had legitimately board boarded up for this for the winter I called the guy and I was like hey and he was like oh I'm so sorry like it really is not gonna be occupied until May at all like we've turned off everything and I was like oh shoot Um, so we ended up finding another really incredible victorian in cape may that was available as an airbnb Mm. so super convenient like no problem no hoops to jump through and um it while it was actually felt really beautiful and like light inside you could feel like you could feel the, the creepy factor starting to jump in once it got dark. And we did shoot all in one day. Like I arranged oh, wow. with the. Oh, yeah. It was great. It, it all turns out to be like 23 minutes all told. And we got in at like seven in the morning one day and we left at like 9 p.m. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and we, uh, we didn't shoot in sequence but like we did all our day we did all our daylight stuff to begin with and then all of our night stuff and as the night's getting later and later and like it's deep in november so it's dark as of like 5 p.m i was like jody i'm getting the creeps (laughs) (laughs) and uh and they have giant dolls in the house
0: oh
1: oh yes in fact I was going to use them, but then in the paperwork that they gave me to check in, and they were so generous and lovely with me, in the paperwork, they were like, please be very respectful of these dolls. They're antiques, and we care about them very much. And I was like, mm, I suppose if I make them creepy in my movie, that's not really respecting them. So I will decline and keep myself away from the haunted dolls. <laughs> <And> like. <laughs> Make a really broad boundary around that experience. Oh
0: my goodness. <laughs> oh, that sounds so crazy. so creepy. Um, so can you tell me what so the premise is of Caretaker?
1: Yeah. So uh Roz has just found Roz has been in doing van life for all of COVID. And um she's ready to settle down and like get a job again. And she finds this listing for a caretaker of a Kate May. B and B, over the winter months. So basically, in Jersey, that would be from like October through Memorial Day, and um, it it she's boarded for free, and she's fed, and all she has to do, aside from like make sure the house doesn't burn down, is feed the uh, the woman who lives in the attic, who is the mother of the people who own the house. <laughs> creepy very creepy and it's like okay you don't have to interact with her she's very private and she never opens her door just like leave a tray outside for her so Roz starts this like seemingly one way relationship with Mother Black but it turns out to be much more um, cerebral and intrusive than that as time goes on
0: (laughs) Oh, that sounds so creepy. Would you take that job if somebody offered it to you?
1: Absolutely the fuck not. I've spent my entire <laughs> life watching horror movies. There is no way on earth. <laughs> uh,
0: you should watch. Um, Have you seen Caveat?
1: Oh, my God. Caveat has been in my queue for a really long. It looks so effective. When we were talking about dread inducing movies, yeah. like the trailer of that is what came to mind. Is yeah. it really good?
0: Uh, it is really good. It's really interesting. The premise is very what the fuck. It's like, who would do this? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's the this guy gets hired to look after this young girl in this house. But there is a caveat. So,
1: oh, my God, it's a child.
0: <laughs> I don't remember if it's a child or like an adult that's just very immature. I watched it like Got two years it. ago. Both so. of
1: those are so creepy. Yeah. So, <laughs> all possibilities. It's actually,
0: it's really good. Yeah. It's very creepy. So, and it takes place there on like a a remote island somewhere in Europe, I think. Some, yes.
1: It's like,
0: it's like rainy and dark all the time. Uh, yeah.
1: Dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I've been waiting to, I've been like, scraping up my bravery to watch that one
0: it's not it's not that scary but it's Uh it's very interesting it's an interesting concept so
1: nice yeah thank you for your uh endorsement
0: yeah no problem (laughs) um so how did you get into filmmaking
1: um I realized I wanted to do so much more than just the acting jobs that I got like I was encouraged to um well, I guess, uh, bef- I guess before I started screenwriting, um I'm also I'm also a huge fan of like the works of Jim Henson. The Muppets are pretty much my second favorite thing in the world if my first favorite thing is horror movies. Um so I started co- I co-created and and was producing this sort of mashup this web series called the weirdos next door which is like a hybrid of full house meets the muppet show yeah it was so fun it is so fun we're sort of in and out of hiatus as time goes by um but i started making that with my co-producers in like 2013 and I was like, oh, this feels really good. Oh, just getting to make things that I like and that matter to me and I don't have to like nail this procedural audition or like work for enough residuals. I mean, obviously like putting food on the table is a great benefit, but in terms of being an artist, getting to tell the stories I want to tell is exhilarating and nobody's going to do exactly what you want to do. like there's only one you. And so I started doing that with a couple of friends like 10 years ago and then a few years later I started writing my own screenplays and uh and wrote a handful of pilots and a few features and just like exercised all of my happy creative energy that way. And then I had a whole pile of screenplays that I believed in fervently but like, then it was either sell them or crowdfund and no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I was that brought me pretty much right to now because I was,, um, right before the pandemic started, I was like in LA and like pitching to production companies and to showrunners and like at Sundance in 2020, and then everything shut down. And so like coming out of it, in a more pronounced way, was when I met up with Jody, and I was like, we just got to make something like, let's just, let's just do it. Let's just get it on its feet and get it shot and not have to wait on any of the stoppers that we've had for years and years and years. And both things feel really good. It feels really good to write them. And it also feels amazing to execute it. And like, you know, to go through the growing pains of, like, how do I figure this out, which with puppets was also incredibly challenging. Like, I don't think we notice exactly how brilliant Jim Henson and Frank Oz at all were (laughs) in terms of what they were able to film. Like, we just buy that the Muppets are people, right? But, like, as a puppeteer, watching... All of the classics and, like, all the tricks, like Miss Piggy doing uh, synchronized swimming <laughs> in The Great Muppet Caper. Like, that's incredibly intricate puppetry and really good with with tricks. And you could see that Henson was really just trying to, like, challenge himself and figure out ways to uh, bypass all the obstacles. Or, like, all the Muppets singing and, and riding bicycles, <laughs> like... Um, so doing that with puppets for Weirdos Next Door was always super fun and like putting a puzzle together and you know, doing it I think in a in a lighter, definitely a lighter way for like caretaker, you know, um falling a little bit bass backwards into like things I didn't know how to do before. So I I've never edited something this big. And Jody and I edited together, like me with hands on the program and Jody next to me. And so, like, figuring out the limitations of that. And if this doesn't work, oh, maybe I screwed this up. Should I hit undo? Oh, no, I actually kind of like it the way that I screwed it up. And like, same thing with sound. So, I find it to be sort of like putting a puzzle together. And if you can like that process, it's mostly fun growth with a few moments of legitimate like pulling your hair out oh fuck um one of the biggest obstacles that we encountered was we were going to um we were going to drop everything like right at once over the span of maybe like you know 15 minutes and just click submit 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 but when we were trying it out in beta first and thank god we did (laughs) Oh, my God. Thank God. Because we wanted to do a screen recorded version for press of like, this is the walkthrough. This is how it goes. So we made a beta. And as I'm clicking like submit, 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 TikTok just was like, bloop, you've you're you're doing suspicious activity. And I was like, oh, my God, Jody! Thank God this didn't happen to us on the day. Like we could have gotten shut down right in the middle of the premiere. Um, so we ended up very quietly dropping like five videos a day and it wasn't exactly what we wanted to do, but it really wasn't bad. And it ensured that like the account would be on the up and up and we wouldn't get shut down and Mm -hmm. we wouldn't like, you know, find our way into the shadow banning elements of things, you know? Oh, that's
0: so (laughs) fun. That sounds very fulfilling as a creative person.
1: yeah that's
0: that's awesome i have to say i love that you made something that you compared to full house because of course you can't tell but somewhere on i can't even point to it on the (laughs) shelf right there i have all six seasons of full house oh my god yeah (laughs) is that your
1: comfort viewing
0: um it it has been i haven't watched them in forever so but yeah i could just sit down and like just watch and it's like Six 20 minute episodes.
1: That's amazing. I think you might really enjoy The Weirdos Next Door. <laughs> it is pure send up energy.
0: I will, I will have to check <laughs> it out. Um, do you have any plans for a future, um, horror movie or series?
1: Yeah. We, um, we've been noodling around. I think our next project is going to be, um, it's going to tease a feature that we want to do. Not that I wouldn't make caretaker into a feature in a heartbeat. I absolutely would. Um, But Jody and I wrote a feature called the reunion over in in 2021. And I love it. It is my baby. And it's, uh, it's more of like a nineties teen, uh, you know, John Hughes feeling. Uh, comedy and the the lead character in that. I would like to do my next TikTok film with Jody of her life and have that sort of serve as like the the pre existing IP and basically build her life out and have her interacting with people and you know um, have that yeah have that serve as like the greater universe for the reunion and then. If and when someone's like, hey, is this a movie? I can be like, why, yes, it is.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Oh, Well, yeah. I will be on the lookout for that. If you could star in a horror movie or direct a horror movie, which one would you rather do?
1: Oh, I'd direct. Yeah. I would direct, which is not to say, well, I guess it's not to say I'd be super good at it. Like, <laughs> I, I hope I would, but I've, I say it only because... I would want to watch it so badly that, like, I, I want to be in Video Village. I want to be watching every shot and, like, let my gut lead me in, like, okay, no, we need a little more of this, a little less of that. And as much as, frankly, I do stand for, like... Cast more goofy, bubbly people in horror movies, especially women. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think my presence there is probably quite necessary in like blowing out the walls of castability tropes. But frankly, it's my favorite thing on earth to watch. And so just to imagine myself like on set in Video Village for a solid month watching every single take at the monitor, that, that, yeah, I think that would be the most (laughs) fulfilling, which is a crazy thing to say.
0: That's awesome. Um, so an, an article came out in 2020 that said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that was the
1: case? Oh my God, we are constantly preparing for crisis. <laughs> I really think that's it. I do. Um, and I watched horror movies every single day of 2020. I shit you not. At least one, usually two. Oh, wow. um, it was great. Did was you watch really any great.
0: pandemic horror during the pandemic?
1: I watched uh, Host, okay. right? Is Host yeah. the one that was basically yep. on Zoom? That was very good. Yes. Another great uh, possession movie. Um, yeah, I watched Host, and uh, I feel like there was something else about a virus.
0: Contagion? But
1: I didn't watch Contagion. No, I still have to see Contagion. Oh, yeah, you do. I probably watched Wreck. Again during yep, I am almost certain I did. Um, and not really in the horror landscape, but what I watched over and over, and I had already seen it the first time. Have you seen Last Man on Earth? It's a I series. Oh my god. I could not, I couldn't be more obsessed with anything, really. It's ahead it was ahead of its time. It was made in 2015 by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the guys behind the Lego movie, but it's the baby of Will Forte. Like he wrote it and dreamed oh, wow. it all up. And you know, at some point was like this is the my passion project and they were like holy shit. And it ta- even though it was shot in like 2015, it takes place in 2020 after a worldwide pandemic, but like basically the one that happens in the stand
0: oh my god
1: so it's it's leveled the whole world and he thinks he's the only person left on the planet and it's very funny it's incredibly well written will forte's amazing kristen shawl also stars in it she's epic um and that's kind of how i coped like because i couldn't watch regular tv and only horror movies felt good (laughs) because i was like I can't, like, I can't put Friends on. I couldn't even watch The Office. I was like, no, like, everything is on fire. I need to watch everything being on fire to feel like the inside matches outside. And Last Man on Earth was so incredible, even though, thank God, you know, not everyone on Earth died. (laughs) Like, it was still, it, like, spoke to me, and I watched it over and over, just, like, ad infinitum. Um, and I still watch it to oh, this day. Wow. Like, it's it's so good. It's so oh, good. So that plus, yeah, yes. What did you, what else did you see that was, like,
0: pandemic um, heavy? I watched um, The Crazies. I watched
1: uh, Contagion,
0: Outbreak, uh, 28 Days Later. So yes. host, obviously.
1: Oh, yeah. Outbreak. Yes. I love Outbreak. Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember seeing Contagion in the theaters and uh my friend turned to me after and he was like, "I'm going to go wash my hands."
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> Little did we know.
1: No idea. Later, yeah. None. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they like they met, they reference social distancing and stuff like that in Contagion, Whoa. so it's like very I'm like, "Oh, I get that now. I know what they mean."
1: Wow. Yeah, we would have had no idea then.
0: Yeah. No, idea. they would have had
1: to study like the WHO guidelines that nobody paid attention to until March twenty twenty.
0: Yeah, 2020. yeah. Um, crazy. And I, I just finished the first season of The Last of Us. Have you watched that?
1: I watched the first episode thus far, but I'm excited to go all the way through. Yeah. And Station Station Eleven.
0: Eleven. I watched a couple episodes. I didn't get through it all.
1: I like the ones that live in the moment of crisis though. So I do admittedly sort of get a little disappointed when only the first episode is about the bad thing. And then the rest of the time is like about how you've coped after the bad thing. And I'm like, what a cop out. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Maybe that's why I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true.
1: Yeah. Right. I mean, I did think it was very cool. Like wow, a world 20 years in the future that's like returned to the land and oh my God, this is what actors are doing. So this is what I should keep in the back of my mind. (laughs) But like, yeah, I would really, really, really love if they took more of a walking dead approach to things and it was like, no, we're constantly putting out the fire that is this disaster. Yeah.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah, and with The Last of Us, it's so... I feel like it's such a much more invasive virus than The Walking Dead because uh mushrooms are spores, so they're in the oh, air. Yes. So yeah.
1: Do you still get good shroom zombie action throughout the rest of the um, uh Yeah, yeah. Yay. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah so I was I like, like, oh no,
1: so... are we just moving to like the bureaucracy of like
0: no, it is there is a lot of that, but there there is a lot of a lot of mushroom zombie heads.
1: So nice. Okay, great. That's good to know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so what is a horror movie that you would consider an underseen or underrated gem?
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh no, I have so many. Oh. The taking of Deborah Logan. Yeah. Yes so good. What a great premise. Yeah. So creepily done. Yeah. Really eerie. Another fabulous, like um found footage situation. Yeah. I love the taping the taking of Deborah Logan. Also in terms of um horror comedies, uh 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 the Leslie Vernon story.
0: Yeah. Oh, um Behind the what, Behind the, the mask. mask. Yeah.
1: Behind the Mask is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Just brilliant. And, like, I know that it got some good flowers when it was first released, and it holds up so well. Yeah, yeah, those are a couple that, like, strike me immediately as perennial favorites for me. What about you?
0: Um, I really like the movie Triangle, which isn't often talked about, um, and Cry Wolf. Which is a slasher from 2006, maybe?
1: Ooh. So. I have not seen either of those.
0: Yeah, it didn't, it, I don't know. I don't think the reviews were very good. I don't know if Triangle was ever released in a theater, but I just saw it on, it was either on Shutter or Amazon. So, and it's, it's a really interesting premise. It's like a movie that kind of folds in on itself. So it's a big they end up in like a bermuda triangle t- tri- uh, type of thing so oh yeah yeah
1: yes i've definitely seen it suggested to me before
0: yeah it, it's good it's it's worth at least one watch so nice yeah um are there any horror movies that you won't watch at all or that you won't watch ever again
1: i really th- i really think Marink has to be there <laughs> just because i'm like i'm so dreading it i don't think I shocked myself by agreeing to watch Hereditary again. I shocked myself because I wasn't going to. And then my partner's nephew, who's 20, was staying with us. And he loves horror movies. And he was like, oh my God, you have shudder. Oh my God, please. Can I watch her Please. And I was like, I don't think you know what you're getting into. And he's like, no, 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 no. I have to watch it. And I was like, oh, okay. If you're if you insist on watching it, I guess I have to be here because it's really disturbing. And so I like sat and just kind of creeped my shoulders up, 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 up. up. And I think. I think I might have put headphones in once it starts getting really fucking scary once like Tony Collette uh, you know, is like in front of the fireplace and like yeah. all of that I could not. Oh. But um, yeah, I don't think I would watch Hereditary again. Um, I don't think I'll ever watch Skinner It it takes a lot for me to like reapproach. American versions of K horror. So like I don't think I would watch The Ring again even though it is so good. Um also I never want to watch The Grudge again. The Grudge oh, okay. scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I watched it once in 2004 in the theater and I got so fucking scared. <laughs> so I don't think I could do that one again. Um other and and paranormal activity Okay, cool. Everything else is pretty much fair game. And I do I do a lot of re-watching because I have like comfort horror too.
0: <laughs> what are your what are your comfort horror movies?
1: <laughs> comfort horror includes um includes uh the uh, uh House of the Devil. I do find that one to be like very soothing. Always includes like schlocky stuff (laughs) so um i i'm forever a troll to stan that is easily comfort horror for me um i just saw spookies for the first time thanks to (laughs) joe bob briggs (laughs) i've never even heard of that (laughs) spookies is total insanity it basically started as a fully produced movie of another name And then I think the two filmmakers of that had a falling out. And so it was like reassigned to some other third party. And the third party wrote a totally different script and filmed completely different stuff. But then all of it got mashed together to make one totally nonsense plot. It's absolutely bonkers. Oh my God. (laughs) Um, I find the whole poltergeist the whole poltergeist situation period to be comfort watching as well. And I guess I would even put it in there specifically the nineties miniseries, because I grew up with it. Um, I mean, there, there's a lot, there's there's (laughs) a lot of comfort horror. Do you have
0: comfort horror? I have to say like paranormal activity. Those movies are like comfort horror watches to me. So.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What what else do I just put on if I yeah, I don't know, maybe even hereditary. I'll I'll rewatch that whenever. I rewatched it for the first time like on my birthday during lockdown. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I love this." And then my partner at the time was like, "I hate this. I feel terrible." <laughs> I was like
1: <laughs> forecasting. Yeah. yeah. Also stranger things. Yeah. Stranger Things. Oh my God. I oh love, 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 love. I, I could not get enough of it. Like it, it's such an addiction that I only can stay away from it when I've been like clean for 30 days or whatever. But the second that I start <laughs> to watch it again, it just has this centrifugal pull and I just want to like go over and over constantly.
0: Wow, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Have you ever had a noteworthy experience seeing a horror movie in theaters?
1: dude, I saw Blair Witch theaters. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I saw Blair Witch, uh, like on Halloween or for my best friend's birthday. And I think I was 13 or 14 when it came out and it was absolutely terrifying. Being in that theater was such a visceral memory for me. And like, hearing the way that everybody responded the screams i mean it was like it was like when paranormal activity decided to put cameras in the theaters and like you know <laughs> grab that experience and and we were new to fake documentaries yeah. so there was there was real concern especially among kids like kids don't know we had no idea it was Yeah, that was a really crazy experience. I don't think I rewatched it again for a while because it was so scary. And then I gave it another try maybe in college. And I was like, oh, yeah, this holds up. This is (laughs) effective.
0: Awesome. Um, What has your favorite horror movie been so far in 2023 that you've seen?
1: Oh, that's a very good question. I... I mean, I saw 65, which doesn't count. 65, I really enjoyed it.
0: I really want to see it. I heard nothing but bad things, but I love Adam Driver and dinosaurs.
1: It's so crazy because Adam Driver is spectacular in it. I mean, of course he is, but like you never really see people, you never see especially male actors reacting to the gravity of horrible things. The way that, like, a human should. And he actually does. So, like, he breaks down in a very, like, raw and human way. And I'm like, thank you for freeing men from this p- paradigm. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the, you are setting the tone. Uh, I really liked 65. I'm very excited to see Evil Dead Rising. Yes. I'm very excited to see um, M- Mulum? Malum.
0: Malum. That's how it's Fallum. Yeah.
1: I loved The Last Shift.
0: Yeah, it's different enough. Yeah, you, you reached out to me on Twitter about this. I really enjoyed it. It's different enough where it doesn't feel just like the same movie being made over and over again. And you can tell mm. that they had a bigger budget. There's more gore. Um but it's different. I like the ending is different. The story is um, more more detailed and you get to see more of like the cult. So I thought I thought it was worth seeing.
1: Nice. Yeah, yeah, that looked really looked really effectively scary. So there, like, there's stuff coming up that I'm really excited about. Um, I have to tell you, a, a really weird movie came up in um in Shutter that I remembered from the box art, and it was one of the scary box art ones. So like, I was too afraid to pick it out when I was a little kid, as a excuse me, as a VHS, um but it's called in the company of wolves Hmm. and it's so fucking good it's a little bit henson esque like a little bit labyrinth-y and a little bit like fairy tale so it's got like hints of legend to it and hints of labyrinth and then hints of like an american werewolf in london but it, it it's from the 80s and it's this like very misty, woodsy fairy tale where Angela Lansbury stars as the grandmother who's like (laughs) taking her granddaughter through puberty. And it's, you know, this broader allegory on like sexuality. And and it's all about like werewolves and what to watch out for. And it's so good. I thought it was going to be either schlocky or yeah, I thought it was going to be schlocky and not enjoyable, but it was fabulous <laughs> and also super nostalgic because I was like, oh, yeah, oh, this feels really familiar and like it's shot in England and yeah, it's really delightful.
0: Oh, interesting. What was it called?
1: <laughs> in the Company of Wolves.
0: Okay. Huh. I'll have to look it up. Um, it was going fun. back to Adam Driver for a second. It's yeah. not horror, but on Amazon Prime, I think it is. Go check out Annette. If you want Ooh. to see him in a musical.
1: I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do.
0: <laughs> and watch it with people. Like experience it like with other people.
1: Ooh, thank you. <laughs> oh my God. I haven't even heard of that. That's that sounds like an exciting find.
0: Yeah, uh, that's one word for it. <laughs> got it <laughs> um so on the flip side what horror movie are you most looking forward to seeing in the rest of
1: 2023 mm. um uh 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 the bow one bow is afraid bow is afraid yes at some point i will be i will be bold enough to see that and i am excited to see evil dead rising um but yeah, I'm really curious about Bo is afraid. What else am I what else should be on my radar?
0: Uh, Renfield, The Pope's Exorcist. Um, the new Insidious movie is coming out.
1: Oh no, really.
0: Yeah, uh, but Patrick Wilson is directing this one, so oh, I, mean, I can't
1: that's, that's exciting. Yeah. I don't say that as if it's as if it's bad. They're so good <laughs> and they're so scary and they're so effective. Like yeah. another movie that I really can't bear to watch again that that whole suite of them like uh when the nun trailer came out i was like no hard pass <sighs> absolutely not <sighs> i already have to watch that creepy that creepy ghost in like the conjuring and then the conjuring too and am like mm, no, no 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 um and i felt exactly the same way on like the b plot of insidious which is so scary
0: yeah insidious is a great movie
1: um so good and so terrifying do you know what this one is supposed to be about
0: uh the next installment in the franchise which will depict the formerly possessed dalton lambert who now heads off to college so the the first one (laughs) got it (laughs) that i'm really looking forward to that they're also making a direct sequel to the exorcist
1: um, whoa and saw
0: 10 <laughs> which, Wow, so lot, lots of lots of good stuff coming out um so, wow yeah. good
1: year for us
0: yeah again we we've had such good years lately so are there it's any horror- good horror renaissance it has been um are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like
1: oh so many i am always down for schlocky B stuff (laughs) like the stuff like troll 2 like motel hell like chopping mall i mean i have i have carved out a forever landmark in my heart for all of the horror movies that probably never should have been made i i love all of them and in terms of like things that have been panned that aren't b um yeah i guess the only thing that really comes to mind is the veil because clearly it has like two stars on imdb and i really earnestly liked it quite a lot i think yeah i'm trying to think about any any ones that aren't b that like just are usually loathed entirely and i don't think i have any of those on my list what about you
0: um, Scream 3 and the 2019 remake of Black Christmas. I love both those.
1: <laughs> Good selection. Yeah. Scream 3. Oh, yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be?
1: Ooh. Ooh. Ugh. That's a great question. Hmm. Damn. Uh, what I remake? Okay. 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 I might make Oh, I know what I would do. I mean, in all, all earnesty. Um have you seen the anthology horror movie Holidays? I have not. No. It's uh it's very enjoyable with one fucking outstanding one and it's so creepy and so atmospheric and and vexing and puzzling and very underexplained all in the most amazing ways and it's for father's day i really can't recommend it enough
0: oh what's it what's it called
1: the the anthology film is called holidays and it's definitely on prime in under some umbrella right now Okay, but the father's day one i mean there's there are many that are really delightful the Father's Day one is so fucking amazing. It's so good. And I would want to make that into a feature.
0: Oh, that's a really good answer. I'll have to go check that out. It's so good.
1: Oh, I, I you have to tell me when you watch it.
0: I don't think there are any Mother's Day horror movies either. That's probably.
1: Except from the Bee Kingdom, literal Mother's Day, which was made in 19... <laughs> 80 79 and it's horrible it's you know it's it's hillbilly murder central right (laughs) and it's uh this old woman who has two adult like Cro-Magnon sons and she has them do her bidding and it's very you know hills have eyes essentially Mm -hmm. um that's a mother's day movie Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) I will never watch that probably. You should meet my friend Jody because he loves 80s horror too. And like the cheesier <laughs> yeah. the better. So
1: I do. I really, really love it. And that's like how I spent my entire adolescence. Mm-hmm. Um, plus being earnestly terrified by like real horror, but also knowing that I could easily watch a ton of B horror movies and be totally okay and also just be laughing my ass off the whole time. And that never left me.
0: So my last question is, if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be?
1: It would be Oh, Is this who I want to, like... Is this the one whose brain I want to pick? Or is this the one I want to terrorize me? (laughs) Either one. Probably Freddy Mm Krueger.
0: You don't want to sleep?
1: I know, right? probably Freddy Krueger although my first answer was gonna be was gonna be Pennywise but like I would I mean for both of them when I was a kid they both haunted my dreams you know in like tag team form and the way I would like get around it in my dream is that I would like combine forces with them i would like join them as like a hired hand even though i wouldn't end up doing anything terrible to people i would like negotiate my way into being their lackey so that they wouldn't (laughs) you know uh murder me in my sleep or you know eat me out of a storm drain
0: oh my god that's (laughs) so funny (laughs) i love it but those are
1: definitely my two favorite like monsters for sure
0: Oh, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here and chatting with me. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you as well as Caretaker on the internet?
1: Sure. I am on the internet. I'm not officially on TikTok really, but I am on Instagram at Jen Ponton. Um, if you want to see my broader work, that's com, And if you want to find Caretaker, that's on TikTok at Caretaker And then Roz's account is at Kate May Caretaker.
0: Awesome. Well, everyone, go check it out on TikTok. And thank you so much again. Uh, I will see you around the internet.
1: Amazing. Thanks so much, Allison.
0: That's it for this week's episode of Who's There. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jen Ponton, and thanks again to Jen for coming on. I'll leave links to her in the show notes to her website and where you, can, where you can find The Caretaker on TikTok, and you should definitely go watch it. You can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod or on Instagram at Who's There Podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at Who's There PC at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and never ask Who's There.